Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Good morning, Rochelle. Hope you are doing well today. Uh, again, I will pretend like we haven't been talking for the last few minutes, and uh, this will be our first podcast that we are recording after we recorded our first four and released them. So I feel like I learned a lot about annoying things with my voice, and I'm going to try to not do them <laughs> this time. Uh, but the, uh, what we're going to talk about today is guns and how they relate to uh, technology uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, and jump in there. Rochelle, what, what sort of stuff are you thinking about? When you think about guns and technology, what, what comes to your mind? I think the first thing that you have to consider is the Second Amendment, right? So you have to think about what did that Second Amendment give us? So if you look at the Second Amendment, and it is a very detailed uh, piece of the Constitution, and um, one of the things that really steps out um, in, in that is why did they need to create the Second Amendment? You know, what, what, is, what is it that we were looking to do when we created that? So, um, and, 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 and in, in the backdrop of what happened uh, on, on January 6th, you know, it's a very interesting thing. So the, 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 the Constitution says a well-regulated militia being necessary to secure a free state, the right of people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah. So that, that's simply what it says, right? So the constitution says you can have a gun to bring about a secure free state. You know, yeah. the way it has gone, you know, gun manufacturing almost is like the transistor Moore's law, right? You remember Moore's law? He said oh, yeah. the transistors were... Well, so guns have done the same thing. So if you can really go back and remember early guns, you know, it was a lot of uh, um, uh, gunpowder and all kinds of, uh, uh, I know I'm gonna say this wrong, um, alimony, I can't remember what that word is. I know I was saying it wrong, but, but there've been a lot of those kinds of things that went into the production and making of guns. Yeah. And over the years with the, with the industrial revolution, Gun manufacturing was one of those things necessitated by the, the wars and other events in the United States and abroad grew the need for guns and more uh, fast firing guns and more um, gunpowder. In other words, you know, one bullet takes someone out, you know, mm -hmm. so you hollow points and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But technology has really advanced um, one gun making, gun selling, gun distribution and gun possession, you know, all yeah. in the same way, right? So, you know, in a lot of states, your ability to own a gun is tied to whether you have a criminal record, you know, you have a form of, of state or federal ID, a passport or a driver's license or something, a background check, and all of that stuff is becoming more and more automated. So mm -hmm. the first question that always comes to my mind, I'll tell you a little short story. So in uh, 2019, I believe it was, um, I went to uh, New Orleans for a law school conference. And um, at the same time, um, there was a football game there. Um, and I think it was Georgia and somebody, I don't remember who it was, please forgive me, but someone from Texas, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, so, you know, everybody was out looking for places to eat. It's 
New Orleans was just completely run over. There was not a, yeah. a, a place that weren't people because one, it was New Year's and two, they had this massive football game. Plus um, uh, the Saints had a, a, a home game. So there was just, just a gag of people. Yeah, so craziness. Craziness, exactly. So we were at this restaurant. One of the recommended stops uh, in New Orleans was this Southern uh, restaurant, you know, selling fried chicken and soul food, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was a, a, an immense line around this building. And this building is about 600 by 600 feet wide. So, you know, it was a very small people per place and you could only get so many people in there. So I happened to be standing next to a couple from Houston or somewhere in Texas, I think that was. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman was speaking to me uh, about various things in the uh, person who was in the White House now and uh, guns came up. And so I asked him point blank, I said, so how many guns do you have? And he says, I'm a gun collector. So I went back and I asked my question again, how many guns do you have? And he said, probably over 300. And 300 so I, guns? Yes. And I said, so why do you have so many? He said, because there's so many types, you know, so he has guns from civil war and he has guns from other wars and stuff like that, you know, but he, he was really prideful in talking about his high powered uh, guns, you know, um, hollow bullets and all of these things. And so I asked him, I mean, so what is the purpose of having a gun? And he said, well, to protect my family and to hunt. I was like, okay. Yeah. What are so, you using hollow bullets to hunt? Like, uh... right. right. That's exactly what my question, you know, so one, why do you need a gun that can, can fire five, six, seven, eight bullets at one time? Why do you need that? Because if someone is coming into your house and you feel you need to protect your family, isn't there, you know, with certain amount of training and gun accuracy that you could shoot somebody in the knee or you could shoot somebody and knock them down as opposed to, you know, putting that many bullets in them, knowing they won't survive. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, it's just a sense of surety, knowing that I am safe and my family is safe. So, okay. And then I got to the question about hunting. So why is it you need that kind of gun to hunt? And so he said, many uh, hunters use uh, buckshot or um, other kinds of things to hunt. But I said, what damage does that do to the animal? So how much do you have to recover to get the animal back to a place where whatever, if you're hunting them just to hang a, a trophy on the head, I guess you're not shooting them in the face. So maybe it yeah. may not matter how many bullets, but if you're, you're hunting for food in, a, in the way a lot of people do, um, damaging the, the body of the animal they're hunting seems not logical. Yes. So, and, and I think that we as a society hold on to these constitutional amendments for dear life, not really, a, not really recognizing how time and technology it's actually reshaping these amendments, right? So, you know, the right to own a gun, you know, we all should have that right. But, yeah. you know, you look at what's happening around us, right? So if you're a black and brown person and a, car, a police car shows up behind you with those blue lights on, yeah, you know, if you look at what has happened just in the last year, people have been shot multiple times. Pow, 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 pow. Oh, yeah. When you got a taser, You've got all kinds of other things that you can use, but if course of action means we're going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that really disturbs me about that is like the number of people that get killed, like running away, like the, the dude that got killed at the, was it a Wendy's or something? And yeah. he, he was running away and they like shot him in the back. And it's like, if they're running away from you, that means there's no threat. And, you know, obviously like police should not be executioners. The thing that, uh, with guns, I think the thing that sort of scares me is right now, like the way that technology moves, the way you were talking about how everything gets more and more efficient, like the guns we have now are probably going to be 
you know, the worst guns that we're thinking of from here to the future, because there's only, things are only going to get better. They're only going to get more efficient. And, uh, and it's, it's very scary. And while I do think that like, you know, we do have an amendment, like it is people's rights to bear arms. I do feel like there should be some sort of regulation on there. Like you have to have a license to drive. Uh, why not apply the same thing to, to guns? And it's, uh, you know, personally, I've never been a gun person and I don't really understand uh, the appeal <laughs> of that. <laughs> but I realize a lot of people are and I don't know, 300 guns sounds like at least 200 too many guns, if not <laughs> 290 too many guns. Like, I don't, I don't understand what that is. That sounds like an obsession, not a hobby. Well, if you think back, you go back to what we have termed domestic terrorists, right? So you can go to Waco or Ruby Ridge mm -hmm. or um, Oklahoma. You have all of these people who come up with these ideologies about what the U.S. government and what 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 are their rights and how they're being infringed on. So mm -hmm. on, it, on January 6th of this year, the leader of the free world told, I don't know who he told, I guess they have a, a, a social media page or something. And he said, mm -hmm. you know, they stole the election from us. This not a legitimate election. Yeah. So rile people up and these people have guns and ammo. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so, bombs and right. all sorts of stuff. Right. And so all of these people then make their way to a place where they believe that they are, they have the right to, mm -hmm. and that they are affecting their kinds of justice. You know, mm -hmm. I've always wondered about, you know, the, your rights, your personal rights, when you believe you are threatened, right? So um, there was a case in Florida, there've been cases all over the place. There've been several here in North Carolina over the years where somebody's breaking in your house, you have a right to bring deadly force. Mm -hmm. So how do you, clarify that so it makes sense to us because as a citizens that's just a well i got a right to kill you that's all it just says if i feel threatened by you I have a right to kill you yeah do i you know do i have other recourses can i secure myself away from you can i drive away from you can i do something else but is the first answer to kill yeah and so bringing in a little biblical nonsense here because i know most mm -hmm. people don't like to hear about the bible but the early part of the Bible is considered law. So the Old Testament is considered law and the New mm -hmm. Testament is considered grace. So an eye for eye, you know, all of these things, the Old Testament just talks over and over and over again. You know, it just, you know, articulates your rights. And so you can see them transferred into the Constitution, those those kinds of things. So if yeah. you if you hit me, I can hit you back. If you shoot at me or if you threaten me, I can kill you. All of that stuff. Yeah. But in that same law, there's a big old statement in the Ten Commandments that says, thou shalt not kill. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what that meant, so we just disregarded that altogether. But it didn't say thou as in humans, or it didn't say thou as in machines. It says thou shalt not kill. So somehow or another, we have reinterpreted that to mean that the state can put someone to death, or that a police officer who is carrying out his duties can put someone to death, although... Yeah. You know, you got that little question about where, what does it mean then thou shalt not kill? So yeah. anyway, I think that technology is exactly as you said, you know, we're going to look around and before long, you know, people are going to have lasers attached to their biometric fingers. You're going to have a finger with a gun on you pointing at a person, a person is dead. You know, I mean, there, yeah. there's, there's, there's no limit to what's possible uh, in the space of, of the second amendment and the right to bear arms. The question just is, 
is how do we make it plain so everybody understands what that means and that we are not so afraid that we need 300 guns. You know, yeah. um, one of my colleagues uh, I work with said to me, he is all for guns. He's against ammunition. <laughs> That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yes. I'm right there with you. You have as many guns as you can. You can't get no ammunition, ammunition, but you have all the guns you want. And that yes. makes sense, you know, because we, like, who needs hollow points bullets? So I can see in war, I can see, you know, uh, people that are training and, you know, in, in these dangerous places, you know, yes. yes, I can see that, you know, because you don't want to have anyone come walk up to you and do a suicide bombing or something like that. I understand. Yeah. But who in America needs a hollow point bullet? Who? No. And I don't know the answer to that question. I have not been able to wrap my mind around that. And hollow point bullets, just so I'm not totally clear on them, but they are like, they're designed to like, they're not designed to necessarily like, you know, they're designed to explode in the human body or tear the, tear the skin out when they exit, right? Like they're not designed to, I would say like stop one, stop someone from robbing you. They're just, they're designed to obliterate the person that's robbing you, not, uh, or the policeman or whoever, whoever gets shot with that thing. It, it is very, uh, very damage-inducing. Hollow points are meant to stop you in your tracks. You don't even get to move a step further. I mean, because that, the reason why they have that name is they hollow you out when they go through, you know, like, like buckshots and other uh, guns, you know, they, like buckshot has a bunch of pellets inside. And so when it hits you, it kind of leaves these scarring on you, almost like you've been hit with a pipe bomb. But then uh, hollow points are not that. They're very precise. Wherever they hit you, it's going all the way through. If it hits your hand, if it hits you in your heart, your leg, whatever, it's going all the way through. And the yeah. way the human body is designed you know, we have arteries and veins that are life-saving and connect each other. So you think if you shot somebody in the leg, they might not die. Or you yeah. shot somebody in the arm, they might not die. But the way our systems are constructed, any one of those arteries could be a game changer. You could die. So, yeah. yeah. One other thing that always scares me about bullets is you always hear like, you can get like shot in the leg and the bullet can like ricochet up through your body and like, you know, out your neck or something. It's never this sort of straight goes in maybe it skims you maybe it goes all the way through maybe it gets stuck it's like you get shot in the hip that thing could come out your head like it's uh that's really crazy what do you think about the whole 3d printed uh gun stuff i know that was pretty big a few years ago and when people first started 3d printing guns i was sort of not hopeful because i don't think that people should just be able to print like you know weapons of mass destruction at their home but one thing that uh, I was sort of hopeful about is that 3D printed guns sounded very volatile. Like you couldn't use a 3D printed gun to, you know, fire more than like one or two bullets before the whole thing just sort of like melted down. But like we were saying before, technology is only getting better and better and better. So I would say it's like a matter of time if it's not already, if it hasn't already happened, that people will be able to print guns just, you know, in their living room and have them be you know close to you know actual guns you would get at a gun store and things like that like do you think that should be allowed or regulated or that's that's one of those answers i don't know i definitely think it should be regulated but i will tell you something i have two pair mm -hmm. of beautiful earrings i don't have any earrings right now that were made by a 3d printer printer so somebody goes out buys this printer they put the gold and whatever the thing is and you know i haven't i don't remember the 3d printer i last saw but you know you put the gold in there you get it to a certain temperature 
and you put your image on and wham, you got a pair of <laughs> 10, 14, 18, 20, 24 karat gold earrings. That's amazing. Uh, made by a machine, same gold, everything, but with the less imperfections that a human makes, right? So mm -hmm. if you think about a gun in that way, right? So um, all the things that you need to make a gun, they are now developing 3D printers to handle that kind of stuff, even for the military and for you know other kinds of institutions that need um, high powered things made quickly and cheaply and without much you know log la lag time. So you know you and I, if we were we were printing guns. You know you know how long it takes to print something on a 3D printer. So you got to oh, wait. Yeah. To you got to wait till it dries and all those things where well, the mach machinery is catching up, you know, at world speeds. And that's a good, another good example of technology because technology is driving change so fast that I don't think we can keep up with it. I don't yeah. think we even know how to keep up with it. And so in the end of the day, you know, we must really be prepared with policies, regulations, and knowledge, education, you know, because I think I told somebody some this yesterday. So Someone asked me something about 5G yesterday, and I said, you know, it's amazing the way technology works. And please, all you technologists, please forgive me. But <laughs> most, most things that we introduce, we introduce with education and explanation. Technology mm -hmm. comes, and then you get the ex education afterwards. So, you know, yes. 5G. So no one has been educated. Everybody hears it. You can ask almost everybody, you know, they know what five, that they've heard the term 5G. Do they know what it is? Yeah, it's, so, it's one more than 4G. It must be good. It must be good, right? Exactly. You know, and so when you talk to people about, you know, the internet, you know, and why Wi-Fi, and you know, why you need not to use your Wi-Fi when you're out in public, we so many people don't even understand that, and we always, you know, you go into any place, and the first thing pops up is the Wi-Fi of that, or and we click on, oh yes, I got free Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. What you don't understand is what that's doing to you. You're you're putting your information in a space that anybody could steal it, and you want to be upset. Oh, no, nope. yeah. so you know. I think that technology, especially in this area of guns and, and, and weaponry, we need to understand how to control that. So just because I can go out and buy a machine that can make it, should I have it? You yeah. know, you, you probably remember uh, back in the day, there was this whole thing about uh, uh, counterfeit money. Right? Oh, yeah. So they yeah. fixed it. So you, it's harder now to counterfeit money. Well, I think they need some kind of regulations and, and some kind of processes like that. So if someone buys a, a piece of equipment that is capable of making a gun or bomb or whatever it is, we need to understand who that person is and why did they buy it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The counterfeiting example, is a, that's, a, that's a great analogy because it was like, people were like, oh, everybody's just going to like print money now. Like you just scan a dollar bill and print it a <laughs> hundred times. And I think what they did was, like, I think even software, like, I don't think you can scan like a $1 bill with, uh, with certain software. Cause they're like, uh, -uh that's it. And now when you print, like there's identifier, there's like identifiers on the paper that you can't see. And you can't really detect that if you use it, someone can be like, oh, this paper was purchased at, you know, Staples over here. Let's go look at the tapes and let's track everything down. So that stuff is, I don't know how that'll, you know, I don't know how the technical bit of that would apply to a 3d printed gun, but I have a feeling there is a way to do it and uh, somebody will figure it out. <laughs> well, so one of the things that, that gun manufacturers have had to do for many years was put a serial number on the gun somewhere, whether mm -hmm. it's on the inside or outside, they've had to put a serial number and, and many, um, you know, smart uh, people have found ways to erase it. You know, they use soldering irons and all kinds of things. They can hollow out the inside of the, the, the gun chamber. 
You know, they yeah. use all those things to, to circumvent that. But I think that what the new technology is going to do, if we are really thinking this through carefully, is to put blockchain transactions in gun creation so that mm -hmm. it cannot be altered. It's an immutable, you know, you can't change it. So if let's just say you bought a, 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 a 3D printer that can create a gun, that mm -hmm. gun comes embedded with blockchain technology so that when you create that gun, unbeknownst to the person who created it, that bit of technology is there and it follows the gun, the life of, of the life of the gun. Because, you know, as you can see in many stories, you know, you see in these big cities where so many people have guns and they haven't bought them legitimately. They yeah. bought them from a friend, you know. So now if you use the blockchain technology, the gun then would, no matter. So if you sell it to me, I sell it to somebody else and we keep, it's still got that immutable footprint. It started here and every time it's moved, it's tracked yeah. because that technology is documenting where that gun is going. Oh, that's that's really interesting. That's that's sort of melting my brain right now. The blockchain plus <laughs> plus guns. I really like that. That's uh, I don't know how that would work technically, but I feel like that would be a very good. I mean, the blockchain is like math, right? You can't really fake math, and that's right. what uh, that's one of the things that I like about that. As opposed to right now, it's like, uh, well, you know, I got convicted for assault, so I can't buy a a, a gun, but I'm gonna go get my friend, you know. Billy over here to buy it for me and give it to me. And then I'm just going to pay him a little bit of extra and then, you know, it'll be fine. Or I'm going to go to a, one of those gun shows and buy 300 guns right. <laughs> from there that nobody can track. And it's, uh, it's, it's such a mess. One other thing that I'm always surprised about when I talk with, when I talk to people about guns is like, personally, I've never been into guns. Like, I don't, you know, I don't really understand. I understand the point of them, but it's just never really been my thing. And I feel like a lot of my friends and family are also, I would put them in the very, like the very liberal camp, but a lot of them also have guns, which always surprises me. Um, I guess just to say, I'm always surprised about the people that have guns, like uh, just because someone is super liberal or, you know, I don't, I don't know if pacifist is the right term, but a lot of people have guns because people want to protect themselves and, and that's their right. And uh uh, it's just sort of a weird thing that's I feel like it's sitting just beneath the surface of of society here. It's just all these guns sort of everywhere. Yeah, and, you know, and I think the other side of that is, and, and we're probably going to talk about this in our next podcast, but, mm -hmm. you know, the fact how we disseminate information. And I think you and I talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, like every time you pick up your phone and mm -hmm. transmit a message or go by a tower, so much data is collected about you, right? Oh, yeah. so I have, uh, uh, you know, I only have two social media accounts, so it's just LinkedIn and Twitter. Mm -hmm. But amazingly, my my data footprint for I think it was November of 2020 was over one terabyte. <laughs> now, I'm not social. I'm not a phone talker. You know, I don't. Have, I'm, I'm an introvert. But the amount of data I transferred over that one month, one month period was yeah. almost one terabyte. Now, yeah. can you imagine what that means for somebody who's really, really out there, right? So if we take January 6th, imagine how many pieces of information had to be exchanged either through the phone, the internet, social media, whatever it is, to get that many people to come to the Capitol and start. Oh, yeah. You have so little disregard for law enforcement that, you know, they're bringing their own weaponry. 
So, you know, yeah. they can be up against them. They've got their own uh, tear gas. Just think about that data footprint, you know, yeah. of, of just that event. It must have been massive. Just yeah. that one event, it must have been massive. Yeah. And FBI says, well, there are more of these things going on every day. They're happening all around us. Okay. Well, so what now? What what are we doing? You know, and so I think, you know, I could, we're probably going to talk about this in our next, but that's another one of those constitutional things that I don't know if I understand completely. And that is the right, First Amendment, you know, the right to free speech, you know, mm-hmm. can I say or something? So I've always been told you can't be in a movie theater and stand up and holler fire. You yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> that's a First Amendment violation. But what else is a First Amendment violation? How many, how many rights do we have? Just free speech. Do we have to say whatever we say? So, um, Drew, come on. We're going to meet at the corner of uh, 15501 and Irwin Road, and we're get everybody we can to bring their guns, and we'll get on the corner. We're going to go storm a Whole Foods. Yeah. Things like that. You know, like that's a good idea. But then, not even to care about the footprint that they're leaving behind. That they, yeah. this, this is going to be traceable. Yeah. You know? We're constantly sort of. I mean, our phones really like they pretty much generate the sort of almost think of it as like background radiation, right? Like we're just constantly walking around with this uh, digital haze around our body. That's constantly just connecting to everything. Like you say, you used a terabyte of data, like 10 years ago, using a terabyte of data, like on my phone, I would be like, nah, like, I don't know. My phone would like burn up. Like it would never be able to do that. And now it's like, yeah, terabyte, terabytes about right. Like, <laughs> I mean, what is it going to be 10 years from now? Just all of the data that we're, you know, emitting into whatever can connect to it is, uh, it's crazy. And, and, and to add to that specifically, who owns that data? Do you yeah. own that data? So I remember a few years ago, I was doing some kind of research. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, you know, how long AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and all these other companies hold your data? So yeah. uh, their universe expands if you've got a really prolific uh, a u- a user on your, on your uh, uh, service. So who owns my data? You know, so where did that terabyte data go? I, I mean, you know, yeah. sure, about the text message I've sent, the phone call I've made, the, the document I sent, but where else is it? You know, yeah. where, where, where are, and that's, <laughs> that, that to me is something that society as a whole should be concerned about. It should be really paying attention to that. You know, we can always tell them, you know, don't use Wi-Fi in public places. You can tell them that, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of talk about VPN, but we won't go there. But but don't use Wi-Fi in public places. You have cellular data. You just sell your data. If you can't afford cellular data, just stay home. Yeah. And even the cellular data, I mean, that is tracking where you're going and that's still connecting to things. Like it's not Wi-Fi. It may not be transmitting sensitive data, but if you consider, you know, your daily routine or the places you visit and all that stuff, personal data, like that's all being tracked. So. And that's absolutely correct because I, I think we talked about this too. Every time you go into a public place, they are watching you from the minute you walk inside their door to the minute you walk out. And there is no one who does that better than Walmart. Walmart, oh, yeah. you know, exceptional in their security uh, protocols. What rights do you have that? So can you go to Walmart and say, I was in here on Thursday. I didn't do anything but buy groceries. Here's my receipt. I didn't steal anything. Can I have my information back? No. <laughs> and there's nothing that said you gave them permission to do, to track you and record your behaviors. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And they're probably, in addition to using it for security purposes, they're also probably studying it to like get inside your brain and figure out what sort of stuff you're, you want to buy. And like saying that out loud, it almost sounds like conspiracy theory, but I don't think that it is conspiracy theory. It's like uh, the businesses want to sell you as much as they can, and they're going to take notice of, you know, where people are congregating in the store, what people are looking at, like what sort of shelf design works best to sell people the most amount of things. And you know, that's in their business interest. That's, uh, that's what they, you know, they're required to do that by their shareholders in some ways, just to continue to bring a profit in. And that's very scary. All right. Well, we're getting a little off topic, so we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Thank you for listening to Eminent Technology. If you like the show, please review, subscribe, and recommend us to your friends and family. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. You can email us at eminentteachnology at gmail.com. See y'all soon.